Hi everybody, I'm your host, Guillaume Cauchois, and this is a new episode of Tapir Rouge. The shout-out today is to Paula Cade, the talented geotropist flyer from Berlin, Germany, who was the first one to find out our legendary guest today, Marie-Michelle Faber. Marie-Michelle is a very special artist. When I was going to circus school, coaches and older students were talking about her and her work really often. She's undoubtedly a reference when it comes to aerial arts. I got lucky to perform a couple of special events for Cirque du Soleil with her, and I had the privilege to watch her final show on Amaluna in Santiago, Chile, a couple of years ago. Marie-Michelle brought so much to the circus arts and performed over two decades some of the most iconic aerial acts in Cirque du Soleil. So without further ado, here she is, the stellar Marie-Michelle Faber. Marie-Michelle, welcome to Tapis Rouge. Thank you so much to invite me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. When was your last Tapis Rouge? Oh boy, that's uh, back in 2018. I finished July 1st or 2nd, something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think you were there. Yes, I was in the audience for your last show. It was like one of the most incredible shows oh. I've seen. I remember seeing Yulia and you on stage and like all the artists were in the back watching and it was, yeah, you could cut the air with a knife. It was amazing. Oh, thank you. I lived and cherished that moment until my last show to be on stage. Mm. I left at the right time, mm. but it really, it was um, a beautiful moment for me to uh, do my last show um, with, um, so much my my passion and uh, uh, not feeling like uh, anxiety from leaving this mm. portion of my life, but really like I take this moment, I take it in. I will, you know, I really uh, stand on stage and I I want this moment to be uh, in my memories forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you've been working for Cirque for many years and in many, many shows. Yeah. I uh, started in uh, 1998 mm -hmm. uh, with Kidam. It was uh, January 5th that I uh, started my training back in Montreal during the ice storm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the big ice storm when everything like shut down in the city and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty intense. Um, and I, I was only 18 years old. <laughs> oh, were you straight up gymnastics then? Uh, actually, almost. Um, I did gymnastic until the age of 16. And because of a multiple uh, sprain on my ankles, and I knew that it was just too hard to go back to the same level where I was, mm -hmm. um, I switched to diving. Oh, okay. And I did diving for about a year and a half. I really, really enjoyed it. I really wanted to go uh, uh, far in that sport. Um, but meanwhile, I was training I and going to uh, school uh, still. I was a coach in gymnastic. Mm -hmm. And 
just beside the uh, the curtain, there was uh, the circus school okay. of Quebec. I grew up in Quebec. And uh, the uh, owner said, hey, I really like the way you are coaching your, the, your young ones. Uh, and I'm searching for an acro coach uh, for my circus uh, people on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. But never I thought that I would cross that curtain. I never knew there was a circus on the other side. <laughs> it was not at all on, on my map. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw myself as a lab uh, uh, researcher. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Science was really where I wanted to go. So anyway, I crossed that curtain and then I saw all the beautiful things and I tried a lot of things uh, while I was uh, there for about six months. And then Cirque du Soleil came in my life mm-hmm. uh, from an audition. <laughs> yes. So you, you did the audition for Cirque? Yes. Yes. Uh, back in November '97, uh, and uh, back then, people were invited to go to Montreal to do the audition. The um, uh, casting would not travel that much, uh, mm-hmm. or there was not a lot of uh, uh, auditions. But um, I remember we were 72. Um, candidates That's a lot yeah yeah from all over the world and um but i have a story first about that yes <laughs> <laughs> so i met uh, i'm coaching in uh, the circus and then i all the the new friends i made mm-hmm. uh, from that uh, environment I could see there was something preparing. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, there's an audition uh, for Cirque du Soleil in Montreal. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's nice. Uh, good for you, you know? Uh, I never thought of going there. Yeah. Um, but then I say that to my mom, and she said, Marie, you should go. I'm like, Mami? Well, no, 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 I'm not going to go there, blah, blah, blah. And then I say to uh, my mom, we had to um, apply and send our uh, resume mm-hmm. to know uh, to be accepted to the audition. So I'm like, yeah, I cannot go. I, I did not do that step, mom. Mm-hmm. And it was coming the, in the weekend. Okay. We were like uh, Thursday or uh, uh, something like that. And the audition was Saturday. Mm-hmm. She actually dialed the number of Cirque du Soleil. Oh, and she... Uh, and it, yeah, and she put the phone to me. I was like, "Mom, mom, no, no, don't!" Do and I was really mad, and I had no choice. I was like, "It was like bonjour, Cirque du Soleil," you know. <laughs> and I was like, uh, 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 "Well, I heard there's an audition. Uh, I don't know to who to talk to." Blah blah blah. <laughs> and the, the lady was super nice, and she said, "Don't worry, I'll connect you to the right people." So I was like, "Okay," I went through. Uh, the next person saying who I was, my background, they put me on hold. And then a few minutes later, they said, yes, you can come over, bring your resume. I'm like, really? Okay, thank you. And I hang up. I'm like, mom, I have to do a resume. I never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's so cool that back then you could just call and like talk yeah. to someone actually and be like, yeah, no problem. Just come over, bring your resume. It's going to be fine. Yeah, I was really uh, amazed how easy it was back then, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, my I went uh, with my dad 
mm-hmm. to Montreal for that. He passed the whole freaking day sitting on the bench at the entrance. I'm sorry to say the whole day, you know, because the audition was in three different parts. Okay. The first was the acrobatic. And then the, uh, did you made it through? Yes or no? And then I was like, oh, I made it through. I would go back to my dad. I'm like, I have another uh, uh, portion. Do you want to see how I move? My next step is dance. I did not know. I thought it was only in the morning, you know? I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stay. And now the second step, the dance movement and everything. Mm -hmm. Then it was the acting, the le jeu. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we we came out... um, at the end of the, all of that experience, we were out of 72, we were four who were, um, we had this uh, paper saying that mm-hmm. you were uh, uh, in the list in the bank or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, after two months, I got a call to join Kidam for Cerceau. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Have you seen the show before? Did you know it was no. about? No. No, um, actually, the I had uh, three days, obviously, yeah, three days of evaluation uh, in Montreal. I did not know what it was for, but coming from a, an acrobatic uh, background, you know, more movement, acrobatic, technical, you know, I was not, uh, I was surprised that they saw me for Cerceau, for Ariel so they show me the video and they say, are you interested to do that? Is that something you see yourself? And for me, it was like the entry to go to, yeah, to work for, for there. So I was like, I remember looking at the video. I'm like, oh, that's easy. Well, wow, <laughs> it's going to be easy, that thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. It's easy, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> <laughs> we start those three days of evaluation Oh my God, those three days were the worst of my life. <laughs> you try for the first time, you're like, oh. it hurts, it hurts so bad. Oh, I <laughs> never expected that pain. Yeah. And it's so deep because not only your I was full of blisters mm. in my hands, bruises and scratches, but I would not feel good with spinning as well uh, yeah so eating before or after was horrible <laughs> and then after those three days and I, no, during those three days i remember that i was like oh i don't like that i don't like that i was so negative <laughs> I, like, oh, I hope they see me doing something else you know and um at a moment where i less expected i we were i was just uh, on a big crash mat and then uh there's uh, this guy coming over uh he said so how do you like it uh, i'm like yeah i like it it's fun you know but uh, i was like inside of me no 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 <laughs> he said we like what we see and uh, we would really like to offer you um a training mm-hmm. so you can join uh, kidam and there was this dilemma in me, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yes, yeah. I'll come." <laughs> like, yeah, I'm down for it, but I don't really like doing it. But I really want to come. Yeah, exactly. It was a facade of uh, being like uh, polite and yes, yes, but inside, oh, so much pain and fear. Like, what am I saying? But anyway, 
I went forward with it and uh, I was obviously nervous with that decision, but I did not regret mm -hmm. uh, going that way. And who was your coach? Uh, his name was Marshall. And uh, when the first day of my full training, which was supposed to be six months, but I left, left after two months and two weeks, maybe. Okay. Uh, by emergency, because Franco Dragon wanted to have the trio ready for the premiere of New York. The premiere of New York, it's always something. It's like on Totem was the same. The premiere of New York was like such a big deal. And, and yeah. like Guy was there for the premiere of New York and like the show had to be perfect royal version yeah. of every act like it's always. Those are the A, mar a, a markets. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Marshall was new as well. He never, never uh, knew any of uh, circus before. He came from gymnastic as well as me. So at least we could communicate technically through a common ground of knowledge. Mm -hmm. But uh, obviously it was uh, a bit uh, of uh, test it. How do you feel? Do maybe the opposite, test it, ah, which one feels better, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, this way of learning, which actually I have no regret because that's how I like to learn, mm -hmm. to um, uh, be the devil advocate of all things. I will test different techniques if I feel that there's two different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. I have to try both to know which one is mine. Mm. Yeah, that's which one fits best for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how I coach today too when I yeah. do my profits. Because nobody is the same, especially in an aerial world. We all have different type of bodies and flexibility and strength. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have to make sure that uh, we extract what is best for that specific person and um yeah for me that was really a, a great way of learning mm -hmm. but spinning for that month the first month was horrible and then <laughs> yeah it just switched one day my body really understood okay you're giving me this uh, dilemma of spinning every day i surrender i really felt it And then it was another like a step of playfulness so much. I had so much fun. I, I have another story on that <laughs> also. That was funny because I'm young. Cirque du Soleil was my school and my life of growing as a young adult into uh, later as a mother. Mm -hmm. But when I was at the studio, during a weekend, I brought my uncle and a cousin over mm -hmm. and we played on the surso really? <laughs> yes Together. the studio was open i was like yeah look this is the apparatus i'm doing la, la, la. yeah keep can go on it i'm gonna fly you <laughs> no, yeah. no coach no signing of any papers it was just like yeah oh, come over exactly so so much innocence you know yeah. <laughs> you're have to go after two months because there is an emergency yeah you have to go for a big premiere it's your first time on tour and you have to integrate the show and the act for your first show ever which is going to be a huge deal 
yeah as well i was so ready i was so ready for it and uh, because it was such an emergency to integrate the trio cerso they gave me the mandate to only do cerso mm -hmm. i did not have any um other appearance in the show except doing cerso i remember doing the dressed rehearsal mm -hmm. And that was even more special for me than the premiere. Premiere was more stress, and the dress rehearsal was uh, like the feeling of giving birth. Yeah. When you see your child for the first time, it was like that. It was just a, a, the breath. It's me now, yeah. Yeah, the inhales I was taking, they were like, whoa. It's, all of my energy expanded like whoa you know yeah it was very special very unique and uh i yeah i loved it i loved it so much and i'm full of stories yes please <laughs> my coach uh, my coach on tour on kidam was mm. joanne Celina. yeah and uh i loved her i love her so much she uh, was my mama on tour, you know? Mm. And when I came at the gate for the day of the premiere, mm -hmm. I arrived on, in rollerblades mm -hmm. and a big, uh, big headphones with my big CD Walkman. Yes. Without any protection are nothing yeah and i'm in new york and where i lived was like at least uh, 45 minutes uh, of motor uh, blading yes she sees me coming in and she gets mad oh my god <laughs> red mad what were you thinking you know we've put so much time on you you think <laughs> this show tonight is so Damn important, you know. <laughs> I, I had no clue how important it was. And thank God I did not put that stress on myself because stress is obviously a, a big factor of uh, not focusing, you yeah. know, on what's oh, happening. Yes, for sure. Especially as an aerialist. But uh, yeah, I was really young and uh, so I, I had money. So I was like, I'll buy myself a CD Walkman. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, for sure. But that's, yeah, I had a similar thing with, uh, I just came back into the show after an injury, but, and we were in Santa Monica. So, okay. the, and I love surfing. So the first thing I did was like going surfing. And I, I remember walking back to the apartment with my surfboard and also walking by. <laughs> the the coach chris bowler and him seeing me and being like come here for a minute and then it was just like i think you should be careful people don't see you doing stuff like that and i was <laughs> like why and he said you were just out for six weeks for an injuries you did your yeah. first show back yesterday and now you're going surfing do you do you click indeed and yeah. Like, oh yeah yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Sam, you're young. Wow. You're just like, I won't, you don't think so much. Exactly. It's black or white. You're like, ah, I feel good. Bang. You yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> and for how long did you stay on Kidam for? Uh, approximately five years, but I, I did like three years and a half. Stopped for about a period of 
almost two years. Okay. And then I came back uh, for the Japanese tour. Okay. Uh, but between those two segments of Kidam, mm -hmm. I worked for Cirque Loise and Cirque Eos as well in special oh, events. Nice. Uh, so that was also a very, uh, uh, an amazing moment for me to grow mm. a lot because as much as we can grow on a tour uh, where you do 10 shows a week there's mm. also a limit of growth in uh, in brackets mm -hmm. because the priority is doing your show your show mm -hmm. um so during those two years i was able to um work uh, on aerial silk for circle ones special events um, with Sasso, obviously. Um, I did a beautiful duet with Erika Lemay. Oh, yeah. Wow. Chaos. Uh, that was really uh, super fun uh, to do. And I work with my brother. And that's yeah. the only time that my brother and I work together. Oh, really? He's still uh, an artist today. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it was a wonderful growth. And uh, after uh, I left, uh, actually, when I was on Kidam, I, I've been talking a lot about Cerso, mm -hmm. but when I came back the second time for the Japanese tour, I did Cerso and backup aerial silk uh, contortion. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Who was doing silk at that time? Isabelle Vaudel. Isabelle Vaudel? Wow. The original. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. How was that like to share that because that's also i feel the silk act of kidam was a super iconic yeah. act in the world of circus in general and you got to do it with the artists who created it so that's super special yes um i really uh, had a lot of respect for her uh she was an amazing artist to emote uh, uh, her energy okay. What I loved about Isabelle Vaudel is that it's not about doing the biggest acrobatics, mm -hmm. but it's how to touch the audience. Mm -hmm. That really uh, struck me how connected she was with her emotions mm -hmm. and the way she was on stage uh, for that. Absolutely gorgeous. And when I worked with her there, she was already towards the end of her career. So it was mm -hmm. a mature uh, artist as well on stage, which uh, was also an, uh, um, an energy um, to protect. Uh, I don't know how to say that. It, it's, um, yeah, an absolutely gorgeous uh, person to, to see uh, performing life. Absolutely. And so you were working and who? And tissue and backup, yeah. And I was her backup. Okay. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I came in with uh, uh, bigger tricks. I would do like mm -hmm. double front half twist uh, mm -hmm. and a triple twist back. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about back in the early two thousand. You know. Uh -huh. So I felt like a, a threat a bit uh, for her because mm -hmm. of uh, coming with bigger acrobatic skills. Mm -hmm. But I've learned so much to how to make sure that my energy would spread to touching uh, the uh, the canvas of the big top or above. 
I have just goosebumps hearing that because <laughs> something I feel it's you know because I, I feel it it can this situation it can really go either way I think when you share a role I've never seen any artist being super cool about sharing its role with someone else it was sometimes better sometimes not as yeah. good but I've never seen someone who was really like sure I'm 100% cool with this it was always like yeah I understand we need it it sort of shows but it is it's always like if I would have the choice I would just keep it for myself yeah exactly and I understand uh, the feeling because I've been in uh, those two shoes I've been a backup and then uh, someone did the backup for me on mm -hmm. Amaluka. Mm -hmm. So I can absolutely understand the feeling. And I'm happy I I lived the first experience of being a backup. And because of that experience, I have so much uh, respect to those people who are a backup. Yes, you know? for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, but uh, when it's your first time uh, living that, it, it, it can be hard uh, for some people because we're not going to hide it. For sure, people will compare. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Huh? Like, oh, I prefer your act. Oh, you do this. Oh, you do that. Blah, blah. You should have the, the contract to do it all the time, blah, 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 you know, and you're it becomes so awkward yeah, and yes, sure. it's not a healthy way to communicate those no, things for sure you cannot stop that it's going to be uh, unfortunately there and i feel that when i was on a maluna and i had those backups i hope deep in my heart that uh, they felt that i adored them and i I would uh, say thank you, you know, for doing that. And we would share so much too on uh, uh, back and forth uh, to uh, give our, ourselves uh, the expert eye of the other one because we're doing the same discipline. Yeah, for sure. There's no one else who's better placed. <laughs> for sure. But I feel when you have that first, that transmission that happened, that when you're a more mature artist and you have a younger artist that arrive and you, the younger artist wants in the position of like, I want to learn as much as possible. And I think it's yeah. the best because you feel you can give all yeah. your knowledge with someone who's going to respect it and, and become a better artist. And it's something that you contribute to that. And when you leave, you leave, you're like, I live with my, my character. My spot is in good hands. Yeah. This other artist is going to rock the show. And I think that's the best, yeah. the best feeling. Um, When I was on Kidam and I, uh, uh, I saw the father of Dasha. Yes. But it was extremely important for him. And I observed that. It was so beautiful. Who would replace him needed to be really spot on. He was on banking as a, an artist. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had a role not only as a, just a pure Base. Uh, executant, you know, I would say uh, there's different uh, type of artists and you need all of them on stage. Mm -hmm. Executants, you have those who have a more artistic uh, background, but you need a, a full color palette to be able to, uh, to have a show that will have all of those emotions and mm -hmm. uh, peaks as well. So we need those executants. He was an executant with uh, an artistic side. So mm -hmm. uh, beautiful. So anyway, I re remember observing that from him. 
And at the end of my career, that was so important when I left the show. I had my first contract for, with uh, Cirque as a coach to coach my replacement, Sabrina Magagné. Magagné, yeah. So uh, back uh, in Montreal, I really wanted to make sure that I gave her uh, everything I could, you know. Mm -hmm. And also what was important for me is to not reproduce mm -hmm. what I did because obviously she was not singing uh, and a, sing, a singer in the air. Mm -hmm. um, she was a contortionist in the air. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we need to make sure that we go and get all of your strength, that it becomes, uh, there's no comparison. comparison. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I feel so proud of that uh, act uh, that we did uh, together. Uh, she was amazing. But you, you mentioned that you were singing during the act. And I know that there is a big story about that. I know it was not an easy thing to bring into the company. I know you broke yeah. that act for many years and that you have to fight. Yeah. So can you tell us about a bit about this? Well, actually, uh, we've talked about Kidam. And after mm -hmm. Kidam, I joined uh, the creation of Corteo. So when I joined, <laughs> wait, <laughs> so that there's a lineage of uh, uh, of what I'm going to say on Kidam, mm -hmm. I blast the ears of everyone between shows by learning guitar in oh, yeah. uh, the artistic tent. <laughs> in the artistic tent? Yes, I had a toy guitar, super bad, but I was like, Gling, bling, 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 all. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm going to start uh, learning a few songs. And then instead of learning more songs, I decided to create my own songs. Okay. And uh, that became a, uh, a fun uh, ride for me because the two of the musicians on Kidam and I created a band together. Oh, wow. On our uh, Sunday night or Monday, uh, because that was the day off, we would go and do open mics and gigs. Really? In each city <laughs> yeah. you were on with the tour? Yes. Yeah. Wow, so we had uh, so much fun. I, I, I would go to sleep at 4 a.m. Uh, you know, it was <laughs> my life of just exploring yeah, so much. And then when I came on Corteo, uh, there was a few places uh, where they wanted the, the full group to sing. Mm -hmm. So during the creation, we had a few um, uh, vocal classes. Mm -hmm. And then they noticed me. We're like, oh, she has something interesting, something more. Like maybe we could use her for more stuff in the show. And I was so happy. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Mm. So it started like that with a, a few places in the show uh, where I would have a, a little solo or uh, in duet with the main singer. And uh, this is where I proposed to do uh, silk singing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to Alison. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Alison Crawford, my artistic director. And she's like, oh, my Michelle, I'm sorry. No, we don't have space for that. Oh, actually, there was Lynn Tremblay as well back then. then. Yes. Yes. They, they liked what I, the idea, but there was no space for that. So we're talking back in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a long time ago. And um, afterwards, oh yeah, on the day of the premiere, just before the premiere, Lynn Tremblay says to me, come in my office, I have uh, something to tell you. I'm like, oh, okay, what's happening? <laughs> uh, sorry, it's not linked to uh, what we were saying, but I have a flash of what I have to say there. For sure, for sure. She says, Kidam needs you back. If you want, what, if you want to have the full-time position for aerial contortion in silk, you can go back. But I need to know in 24 hours. <laughs> And that's the day of the premiere of Cocktail. It's like, Lynn, seriously? And she knew how deep in my heart I wanted to have that position full time. I left Kidam with a broken heart because Isabelle Vaudel decided to stay mm. for another two years. Back then, we would sign a contract for two years. I was like, I'm not going to be a backup for another two years. Yeah. So so I left and uh, so, yeah. Our partner in this episode is Circus Talk, the online carrier marketplace for circus and the performing arts. Circus Talk is the new thing that is great for our international circus community. It is an amazing information resource, bringing news, events, and industry trends to us, professionals working in the field. What also makes Circus Talks amazing is their first online casting platform that connects talents and talent seekers in circus and performing arts. If you're a talent seeker, you can finally post jobs and auditions in a professional and transparent way, instead of using social media accounts. There are already over 28,000 artist profiles on Circus Talk that talent seekers can search while talents can find jobs and apply to them via the Circus Talk platform. You can get your first month free on both Circus Talk Talent and Talent Seeker Pro membership by using the promo code TAPIROUGE in one word. So go to circustalk.com, sign up to Pro and use the code TAPIROUGE to find your spotlight with our partner, Circus Talk. All right, guys, a little side story now. Back in 2014, I hurt my back training backstage before a show. The pain was so intense, I couldn't put my socks on, sit for more than two minutes, and obviously, it took me out of the show for quite some time. I followed a strict core rehabilitation program, and after six weeks, I got back on stage. But I kept having recurring pain. So I started to educate myself about core anatomy, rehab training, and pain science. I wanted to understand why am I doing all these exercises if the pain keeps coming back. The more I was learning, the more I understood I had to change. I started switching exercises, tweak some techniques and executions, and also completely changed my perception of pain. After a couple of weeks, on top of reducing considerably my pain level, 
I was feeling so much stronger, which increased my confidence to move and better perform on stage. My life overall was so much better. Finally, I was pain-free and not scared to hurt my back again. I had a lot of artists and athlete friends who saw that happening and asked me, hey, what did you do for your back? And I thought, I could put it all out in a clear and clean way instead of always pulling random videos on YouTube and giving quick guidance. So I reached out to all the best doctors, physiotherapists and performance medicine specialists whom I met touring and asked them to help me develop Protocol Cut to the Core. Protocol Cut to the Core is the first rehab and strengthening protocol for back or hip pain that also includes a comprehensive course in core anatomy, biomechanics and pain science. It is approved by doctors, physios and performance medicine specialists from five different countries. If you are suffering from acute or persistent back or hip pain, you can find protocol Cut to the Core on our website at cuttothecorefitness.com. When movement is an issue, movement is the solution. And now, let's get back to the show. did the premiere of uh, Corteo. I had a blast. And then I'm like, okay, Corteo is bringing me uh, the chance to work on a different apparatus on chandelier. Mm -hmm. I can now explore more my voice and work with a professional, um, with professional musician, understand uh, all this uh, um, in-ear system and, Mm -hmm. you know, have something new in my life. So after 24 hours, I came back to Lintrambley and I said, I'm going to stay here because of what I can explore more mm-hmm. with the voice, you know? And um, it is only like almost five years later mm-hmm. of still being on Corteo that Alison Crawford, uh, who was uh, at that time, uh, the artistic director, she calls me and she said, Hey, man, Michelle, I remember you, uh, wanting to do aerial silk singing. And she said, I have a, finally a budget for a backup aerial act for Corteo. Are you interested to do that project with me? You know, I'm like, yeah. uh, yes. <laughs> so that was my first experience to be able to sing in the air. And for Cirque as well, to be able to understand how we're going to mic me. I had like a, a type of wig at first with the pack inside. It was super heavy. The, the pack was the, in the hair, in the wig on top of your head? Back uh, then, the first uh, tries was there. And I would have like pain in my uh, neck uh, after some time. So we had to change. Funny you're saying this because right now on the show that I'm doing, I'm yeah. doing a, a Travis act with this pop singer yes there is a moment when she's on the mat on the ground and the porter they throw her and have to catch her from the trapeze when she has to be singing the whole act also and we had so much issue with also where do you put the pack because some tricks i hold her from a certain place other tricks another one then we were sure we found where the pack was and one night the guy they threw her a little bit too much on the side so i had to just catch her the way i could and when yeah. I caught her, I caught her right on the pack. And when I grabbed her, I shut off the pack. <laughs> All her in here was off. Oh, so oh, I had to yeah. sing without 
without any feedback from the in-ears. And she told me after a show, I was like, I'm sorry. I just wanted you to make it to the trackies. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's not easy for sure. But for Corteau, it was, it was going to be a silk, a, a backup silk act with yes. you singing. Yes. Uh, so that was my first experience. And to make it harder, I wanted to work in the air with the dress. Because <laughs> <Of course. laughs> I come from being a stubborn child into a determined uh, adult <laughs> artist. I, I should determine artist. But uh, yeah, stubbornness, uh, when you uh, transform it uh, positively, it's mm -hmm. a determination. Yes, absolutely. So uh, what wasn't possible for me was to have my microphone pack plus my in-ear packs in the ear. Mm -hmm. The uh, in-ear pack was too big yeah. and too thick back then. I don't know today uh, how, if uh, there's uh, smaller ones, but uh, so I would have to work with the sound of the big top. Oh, from the PA. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. So we had to make sure there was a few monitors pointing um, towards the stage. Uh, on stage. Yeah. And we would have to make sure that the sun would, would point, point uh, lower, some a bit higher because of, of all the movement going up yeah. and down as well. Yeah. I, you don't think about all this technical stuff when you just have the idea, right? <laughs> yeah. So that was a challenge. Also, uh, what type of mic would not cut the uh, the wind? Mm, yeah, yeah, for so sure. We tried two different ones, and there was one that uh, was better. And for the the sound department, it was better okay. to uh, manage. You know, uh, that was an amazing experience for me to be able to do that. And when I left Corteo. I did a six months sabbatical. Okay. After how many years? Uh, seven, about seven years with the okay. uh, cocktail. And um, before taking my sabbatical, I, I, I was already on the list of artists potential to be transferred for new creation and stuff. And I heard about this new show coming up where I was for, uh, with mostly women, mm. so Amaluna. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I should, I should try uh, to uh, contact casting uh, mm. to show them my interest. And um, I wanted to go back uh, to my first love with uh, Cerceau. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was like, oh, I would like to do Cerceau singing, but I've never done it before, you know? But I was like, I would propose that. And the casting comes back to me and they say, no, they're not looking for someone who does Cerceau singing. But if you're interested in Cerceau, uh, that's what we're looking for. I'm like, eh, no, I'm not interested for that. It would just go back to something, yes, to my first love, but with no extra challenge. Because mm -hmm. I would start the show with Chandelier do a quick change like hell and then became a singer for the entire show and 
once or twice a week, I would do my backup act with the aerial silk singing, replacing a duo strap, which is towards the end, uh, before the the last number. So I was like non-stop in that show. And I loved it. You were a full artist and a full singer as well in the same show. I became a full singer. Uh, there was a lot of songs that changed throughout uh, the um, uh, those years, and uh, I would be uh, integrated. We were two uh, main singers: one uh, a female voice, one uh, masculine vo- voice. Do you know if, if that ever happened? Do you know if anyone else have done that to be a musician, like part of the band and also an artist on stage? After after me, yes, they were able to find um, Aurélie, Aurélie Delphine, I think. So I was really, really happy that they were able to find someone to uh, replace me in the entire same track. But when I left, it was four people replacing me. One for Chandelier, <laughs> yes. one singer, and they had a backup uh, duo strap. Yeah, I can imagine yeah. the casting when they received the call, be like, oh, we need to replace Marie-Michel yeah. Robert. Oh, yeah, we need yeah. all these different talent in one person. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, that's why I feel sometimes it's fun. It's amazing uh, uh, to have that opportunity, but sometimes it can also play against you mm-hmm. when when it's too refined what you do, they are not too interested because it's too uh, too much a danger zone for them yeah, for replacement, right. yeah. you know? Uh, so I feel very lucky that I had that experience that they gave me this opportunity and they were able to find someone also, mm-hmm. uh, being able to do the same track as me doing uh, uh, silk singing as well. Mm-hmm. And she did an amazing job. I'm oh. so proud. Of her. Oh yeah, I was happy that it was still alive. You know, yes, for sure. Um, yes. And so with Amaruna, you tell them, I don't want to do if it's only hoop. I'm not interested. Exactly. And uh, instead of closing the door to uh, that opportunity, and even if they said no, uh, my determination mm-hmm. said to me. Well, I should put a video, uh, no matter what, and send it to them. Because even though if you work for Cirque, they are not going to go look at your uh, video from Cirque du Soleil casting. You need to send your stuff. Mm -hmm. Even though if you work inside of the company, it's that ridiculous. (laughs) So... I sent my act, Aerial Silk Singing, and then a melting pot of a bunch of other things. They came back to me and they said, Diane Polis fell in love with you. She wants you. Yes. So I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> and that's back in 2011. Uh, no, 2010. Yeah, I signed my contract at least a year before starting the creation. Yeah, so you were one of the first artists signed on the show. Possibly. Um, I don't know. But it was really uh, quite a a long time before because I took my sabbatical six months Mm -hmm. before joining Amaluna. So that was uh, really uh, exciting for me to be able to start that project. And 
I feared the first few trainings when I started to play with the sexo mm -hmm. and just to explore vocally. I was like, oh, fuck. Sorry, the mo uh, le, le mot. <laughs> I was not expecting at all to have uh, this type of challenge uh, of really understanding my breath because of a so compared to a silk the weight is completely different mm -hmm. you can also just throw a silk and it will come back on your face and even with eyes closed and it's fine it's going to be a nice little caress on your face if you throw the hoop it comes back punching you right in the nose exactly <laughs> so you can't do that so there was a major learning process for me and during the creation to be able to understand again doing the devil advocate of all things do i place my excel here do i inhale there which muscle i have to relax which muscle i can use so that i'm still grounded to be able to then freely express vocally that was wow amazing uh, stressful as well but i managed to find <laughs> my way through all of this and uh, grow as well how was the whole creation process lovely with with, with this it is like concept of a whole almost only exclusive woman cast and yeah this team and a new director coming into cirque as well yeah i actually really liked uh, the creation for my part um, maybe because for the first time i I uh, was doing a creation as a soloist mm -hmm. and they gave me a 200% freedom mm. to create my act. People trust me. Mm -hmm. The um, acrobatic uh, conceptor really trust everything I was doing. And who was the acrobatic conceptor? Rob. Rob Boulanger? Oh, yes. Nice. Yeah, it was amazing to work with Rob and he gave me the freedom of expression to create. Also, I was working with Mathieu Jalbert on the uh, joystick, the automation. And I always also say that to the people with who I work when they are a solo artist, that they are not in solo. Mm -hmm. They have to dance. They, they have to dance. Uh, with uh, their partner who are on the automation or the joystick. Yes. It's, yeah, it's a dance. It's a breath between uh, those two people. And when you're in a big top, it becomes a trio. Mm -hmm. Because now you have the GSM in front calling, calling. the cues to the automation, and then it moves. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's uh, the synchronicity of that trio is uh, quite uh, important, especially if you sing. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't imagine. <laughs> so to, to play with that was uh, really um, an amazing experience. A lot of learnings and a lot of re being resilient as well, because it would not come out always in a, with a perfect note, you know, mm -hmm. uh, at first it's like, ooh, 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 you know, you're <laughs> trying to find yourself uh, through all of it. So it was, I had to be really open to 
make mistakes and do it again and trying and trying and uh, not close myself up like, oh, um, people are listening to me and they might laugh that I'm not on the note. And, you know, I'm like, I, I'm here to make my mistakes and uh, come out with the, the best uh, version I can of myself for the premiere and so on after yeah. to still be able to grow. Did you know what your character in the show was going to be? Um, well, when I signed my contract, it was for the position uh, of the moon goddess. But uh, the the character of the moon goddess is really the one who over who over uh, see who is yeah the calm in the storm. So she's not the one on the spotlight. Uh, in as a character in the whole show but she her presence is there there's subtleness and uh yeah it, it was perfect for me i i i was happy with uh, a role that embraced the stage mm -hmm. in yeah, some ways sure. and uh the moment where the moon goddess comes down to communicate and transmit hope and knowledge to Miranda, the character that we follow, uh, uh, a, that's where she has her moment to talk, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> also, I remember having the first version of the music mm -hmm. for um, uh, when, at first it was not supposed to be Bob and Bill. Oh, no. Uh, no, it was supposed to be another um, uh, composer and uh, I don't know why, but I guess it was a very important song for both composers mm -hmm. uh, to stand out maybe in the show because it was a, a, a song written from those two composers, A to Z, like it was there, like we we're gonna, this is a very important one. But when I worked with Bob and Bill, so those are the, the actual ones that did the music for Amaluna. They presented me the, the music and they were really looking forward for my reaction. Mm. Like, so, so, do you like it? Do you like it? And I was like, yes. But and like, oh, okay, of course, but so now they 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 sit down and they are ready to listen. You know, it was super cute. I'm like, I think it would be really nice to have an intro and then it becomes a cappella. Oh, wait, and uh, within Cirque, having an a cappella moment that means there's no click. Yeah. You know, because uh, in, in ears for the musician, uh, they can be uh, spread out. You they are not one beside each other. And to make sure that the band is tied together, you need mm -hmm. this click, you know. But for the a cappella section, uh, there's, there was no click. The band had to follow me. Well, a uh, it was a, ca a cappella and then few like uh, chords Moments, yeah. in and they would follow me. So it was important to uh, install something different in the show for me. So it's like you're challenging yourself to a new level, but you're also challenging all the other artists working along with you. Yes. Yeah. It was a special moment. 
But uh, yeah, I wanted the people also to hear my breath. I wanted to make sure that they understand it's not a recording, mm -hmm. you know? And it was important to install the singer before the acrobat. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So that they, they understand uh, again more like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. She's coming down, blah, blah, blah. She's singing. Oh, she's a singer, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you can see the minds of people like, oh, she's singing live. Mm -hmm. And then you hear the breath, you hear movement, you hear a different sound that's like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's more live. Mm -hmm. And I think, <laughs> and then the music comes and build up and build up. And I, uh, and then when we tried the first take, Mm -hmm. in the studio of bob and bill that's the version that we have today uh that we have until the end yeah the first try oh. yeah uh, we because i i was just going with uh, my flow my instinct and he would follow me and it just blended bang 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 and we're we're like oh and talk you know we we stuck yeah. together and i was really <laughs> like wow a magic happened there and that's the version uh, they presented to Guy La Liberté. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently, Guy, after uh, just a few notes, he said yes right away. Said, yes, this is what I want. <laughs> they came to me like they were jumping. Like, oh, Marie Michel, we're so, so proud. We're so happy. <laughs> oh, it's amazing because I talked with them for a while and they did say that. It happened many times that they would be presenting songs to Guy and Guy would be like, no, no, yeah, no. And they even said that sometimes they would present song that they already presented to him five years before for another show. And Guy would recognize the song. He would be like, no, and stop presenting. I know you presented me before. Stop trying to wow. <laughs> resell your old stuff. Yeah, that's so, super sick. But then what happened, there was something with the soundtrack that if you're listening to the official soundtrack of the show, a lot of the songs, they are like in English, but in the Wait. show, it was like the invented language. What was, what was that about? Yeah, you know, Cirque is trying to do CDs that are going to uh, sell more or better. The, uh, it's a different... Uh, they want to make it more radio or pop or anything. It's funny. I, I did not even know that I, the, the words, when I came to record for the CD, I had the words there. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I have to do. So the CD version is not the, the version I like at all, yeah. but the one from the, the stage, I, that's the one I like a lot. Yeah, for sure. I only have uh, re recordings uh, that are not, professional from yeah. it you know <laughs> yeah it's uh, just a marketing idea that i personally feel that would be nice if uh, they keep it uh, more uh, authentic to the shows because people re rely a lot to what they've seen Mm -hmm. when you have an image there's an emotion and they connect strongly with it so um for sure la vie. i want to ask you about your daughter because Amaruna is a yes. show where you also became a mother absolutely and your character on the show was the great mother of that world mm -hmm. yeah how, how was to just first to take the decision as an artist I know it's not always not not easy but it's when you're a female artist 
when you take the decision to get pregnant, it means you're going to be out of the show for a while. It means it comes with all these unknown. Am I going to be able to come back or not? Like all these things. So how did you manage those? Yes. Um, actually, when I uh, became pregnant, I was really happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to have uh, uh, Asa. We wanted to have a child. Um, so I stayed on uh, as soon as I knew I was pregnant, it took uh, not even a week and I was out from uh, my performance. Actually, there's a um, YouTube link of my act where those these are in the last few shows I did before I uh, left for my pregnancy. Uh, I was uh, pregnant on that video. Oh, wow. <laughs> so leaving was not a problem. Obviously, you sign those papers that you have to come back in the same shape at the same level. Mm-hmm. So that's putting a stress, obviously. But at the same time, it's completely normal for a company to do that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Sure. So I was like, yes, of course, I have to sign that, and I have to agree to that. So mm-hmm. I accepted that, and uh, my birth was uh, uh, good. I had a natural birth with no um, epidural. I did not uh, mm-hmm. had that. So crazy. Yeah, crazy. It was twenty five hours too. <laughs> so. Obviously, coming back in shape was a uh, uh, not a struggle, but a uh, um, something that became an anxiety, a stress at some point. But as a Canadian, you have the chance to take a very long maternity leave. You can take a full year. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Okay. And you're paid, not at all the amount of uh, the shows but there's a at least you get you're getting something yeah yes exactly and uh, my partner did also take a full year off so that was an amazing time for us to learn who i was as a mother who is he as a father who are we as a team as parent and who is that little one you know <laughs> yes so for a full year, it was like that. After my maternity leave, I decided to take a uh, congé sans solde. Okay. A, um, it's like you're uh, taking a leave, but it's not a paid leave. Exactly. So I signed paper to have that extension that I was allowed to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm happy I did. I came back on the show when Asa was about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I was done with breastfeeding at that time, which also for me was important. I did not want to be on stage and then come back after my performance and have my baby waiting for me to be plugged. And and we said this, but some, some artists do. And it's, it is really tough. It's so taxing uh, energy wise. It's it's really, it's not easy at all. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for those who have no choice. You know, I, I was lucky to have all of that time. It was a personal decision that I did not want to mix those two roles together in my, the same environment Mm -hmm. uh, for my energy as well. Yeah, for sure. 
because when you're breastfeeding, it takes a lot of your vitamins as well, a lot of energy. And I was like, okay, I feel that my instinct is telling me that it's better to wait until that I'm done with that. And it was where I felt also my body much more stronger to come back. Mm, yeah. If I would have been in a situation of someone who has only three months, let's say, mm -hmm. I would have been very vulnerable. Yeah. My, and yeah, all over. I've been talking with um, Anouk Allah. She is the performance therapist on our show now. And she was saying that when she was working on Mystere way back, that in the US, the maternity leave would be two weeks. Oh, so some gosh. artists like Power Track artists would come back after two weeks oh, and cool. doing the act. And she said that it was a lot of taboo around it. And it was something that all the female artists were really protecting each other. And it was like kind of a thing of like, we're covering this. No one is talking about it. But that she was seeing that and she was seeing that they physically, they were not necessarily ready to come back, but they had no choice. So I think it's amazing uh -huh. that now at least you're having a long, larger period of time and that you have that thing of mm -hmm. like, you come back when you're ready, you're taking the time, the training that you need. And I had about six weeks in Montreal to uh, uh, get back in shape uh, for my act on Amaluna. So uh, it, it really went well for me uh, to come back on top of it we had also the time to prepare on making sure that our daughter was into good hands mm -hmm. as well, because I was going back to work. I knew in which environment and how much uh, time is involved to do eight mm -hmm. to 10 shows a week. Uh, and my partner as well was working full time. So we hired someone from Montreal who was actually working in a, a centre de petite enfance. So uh, like someone who had the knowledge to take care of uh, young kids, you know. Mm -hmm. And she took a sabbatical, a, a one-year sabbatical from her work, taking care of uh, uh, young kids, to come on tour with us. Wow. So we knew she was the perfect fit uh, having the right knowledge also to uh, all of those stages of a little uh, body of a year and a half uh, yeah, sure. to growing into uh, uh, the 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 full year, you know, and she was amazing. And I'm so happy that uh, even today she still helps with other families on tour as well. Does, yeah, oh, that's yeah. yeah, it's super fun, you know, to see uh, that we... Uh, help someone to find also a passion uh, of uh, touring and uh, travel life for sure. Yes, because obviously it's a special life to be able to tour uh, the world. I always considered myself a world citizen instead of a Canadian citizen yeah. because yeah, of sure. Canada. yeah, being on the road for over twenty years. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And how was? Your daughter, I mean, I had I got to meet her when I was following you guys on Amaluna. And how did she feel this experience of having, I mean, because it, it's your reality. That's the only thing that you know. But like, obviously, you're seeing your mom on stage doing all these crazy things. And your dad is also like managing the show. You see all these people bending and doing all this crazy physical stuff. It's you're changing home every three months like it's 
it's not all like for us we talk about this it's like it's our life it's what we know but we also know that it's not the typical yeah. for kids to grow up well for her it was the normality obviously um because we uh, she um we joined tour when she was uh, about a year uh, old. I was following my partner who came back to work. And then I came back to train uh, for six weeks. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was, she, she fit really well in that environment. And if Cirque had uh, kept the school, because back in the days when I was with Cirque, there was a uh, school, I'm sure that we would have possibly be still on tour, you know, because she was the perfect type of uh, energy to fit in that environment, changing uh, cities, changing bed, changing uh, all of this. I was fine. We were her anchor points mm -hmm. and uh, uh, including the babysitter too. Her name was Marie Soleil. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it was not the same situation for other kids. Yeah. I, there was another kid on tour that when he saw the luggage being there, all his toys being away and going in a different environment, he would have rashes. Yeah. So it's uh, so much anxiety and they had only four months difference. So you are that type or not, it's in you. You, know? you cannot uh, change that. It was really hard for those par parents. I, I feel for them so much, but we were lucky. We, we would uh, even, uh, let's say, uh, stay later after the show, uh, have um, a drink, uh, uh, at the 54, the, the 54, 54 yeah. yes. <laughs> the area of the technicians, and she would she would sleep on a road case, no problem. You know? yeah. We would put uh, all stuff around her so there it was safe, you know. <laughs> but she would like like this, and there was music, and she would be able to sleep. Yeah. It was yeah. easy, super easy. So, but when we came back, when when I left, uh, so July 2018. Uh, after a couple of uh, weeks, let's say a month, four weeks, she's like, mom, when are we taking the plane? You know, <laughs> for her, it was not normal. They were like, where are we? what? We're not taking the plane. We're staying here again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was very, uh, foreign for her. And, uh, we were so lucky as again, Asa was able to, uh, be in a daycare where the babysitter that was on tour, yeah. uh, worked. Oh, really? Oh my God. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was the, like the anchor was still there, even though you were staying yeah. in yeah. Montreal. Marie-Soleil was taking care of younger ones than Asa, but they were in the same building. She would see Marie-Soleil every day, you know, because uh, she was about uh, four and a half uh, when we uh, left uh, tour. And, um, we left at the right time, not only for me, I was 40 almost. And uh, for her to be with younger ones of the same age, mm, yeah. it was important to rebalance the emotions also of dealing with like, hey, there's a kid taking a, a, a toy from your hands. Mm. 
she didn't have that much of that experience on tour, you know? Yeah, it's true. When kids who evolve mainly with adults, you feel like they, they have a thing also they're more relaxed because adults don't act like kids. So all stuff like that, like ripping off toys from your hand, that never happens. Adults come and say, they would say, do you want to play with these toys? Yes or no. So kids assume like, oh, this is how life is. People are yeah. people are polite. <laughs> and even though if I, uh, she grew up French and English, uh, at some point she switched to and chose English. Okay. When uh, I was a bit nervous of coming back and that she would uh, like not feel comfortable with French. And that was so important for me that that is back in her, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the, the daycare where she was going, it, it was only French. So I was like, okay, we'll see how it goes. She's still young enough. They are sponges, you know, mm-hmm. but my little girl is a, a tough cookie and if she did not have the right words, she would either bite, push. Yeah. <laughs> she would be in a fight, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. So I had a lot of notes like, oh, Asa needs to work on that. Uh, today we were working on this. She did this, you know? And like, oh, my God. Amazing. So before going to school, it was perfect that she had that full year of rebalancing all of those yeah, like life learning life. things that they need to do um because um, her school would have been really uh like who the heck is that little girl <laughs> <laughs> you know it's completely different on tour so now even though you're not performing on stage anymore you're still an artist you've started your own jewelry company and you're also sharing your experience in your knowledge teaching privates in circus in general how do you in this new capacity you're still a creator you're still creating a different medium but you're still in the industry helping new artists absolutely for me it was super important to keep my creativity alive So when I left stage, I asked myself, what did I left behind? And I was never able to pursue and that I feel it's, it would uh, be a, the right fit for me now, you know? And I was searching and searching, searching. And then suddenly, poof, it clicked. I was like, oh my God, yes, making jewelries. Because on tour, I did at some point, had a luggage full of, stones and wire wrapping (laughs) i would do jewelry on tour and uh, i've learned uh, uh, silver clay when i was in japan as well Mm. Uh, i anyway i art was really a medium that uh, not only brings me creativity but it's like a meditation as well Mm -hmm. so i went to the Montreal Jewelry School. I studied over there when I came back. It was uh, an amazing uh, time for me. And then pandemic uh, hit. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, bummer. You know, I just started something that I really in love and uh, I want to pursue that. So instead of taking it on the negative side, I was like, well, okay, 
I'm going to start to invest mm -hmm. to buy my own tools and have my own studio at home. And I started with very little uh, secondhand stuff. Mm -hmm. And I decided to post it, uh, some of my work and then suddenly I was like, oh, some people are interested. And then it just became like, okay, I had a, started with a few clientele and each time I would have the chance to have a custom made piece, I would reinvest that money to mm. buy more tools. And today I am equipped from melting my silver and my gold to up to polishing and setting diamonds or anything. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, I love it. I can eat it. <laughs> <laughs> So today, that is part of my life, uh, keeping my creativity alive. I also do private uh, for coaching, mm -hmm. and that is amazing. I can do it as much online or in person, mm -hmm. and or feedback feedback session as well. It's super nice. There's different ways to uh, to play with that. Um, because it's so, so important for me to share uh, information to uh, this new generation mm -hmm. in circus. I I want to be part of that. I mm -hmm. for, even though if I, uh, jewelry is growing more and more in my life and taking more and more space, I will not close the door of uh, sharing knowledge to uh, the new generation in the circus. Super important. I feel extremely lucky that I have also the chance to be a jewelry teacher as well. Two days a week, which is perfect. And sharing a passion while I am still learning as well all the time. It's a gift, you know, yeah. to have that opportunity. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have one last question for you. Okay. If tomorrow aliens would land on Earth, how would you explain Cirque du Soleil to them? Hello, cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Can you recognize yourself on stage? <laughs> Which color do you like? The... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, because obviously, uh, many shows, we uh, it's full of uh, different stories in colors they can they, they will feel at home <laughs> um, it's true a, a lot of people it's a question i ask every guest on the show and a lot of people say like yeah we're the same they're the same <laughs> there is really that thing that comes out yeah i, f I feel we are aliens <laughs> yes <laughs> that's why i say hello cousin <laughs> oh but my right. thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for all these years spreading so much passion on stage and for opening all these doors in the industry with everything that you did thank you so much i'm so happy i would talk another hour if you want <laughs> yes you can do part two part two soon <laughs> oh yeah you could say like the anecdote of marie michelle yes <laughs> i have some other good ones yes <laughs> but uh, please say hello to your lovely partner and your lovely daughter for me and thank uh, you if we ever stop by montreal I'll make sure to call you and catch up can catch up for coffee or something 
Yeah, come for the jazz festival. <laughs> yes, that sounds lovely, truly. Take care and thank you so much again. Merci. That was great. Marie-Michelle is amazing. Again, so much passion and determination. The first time I saw her perform, I really thought, oh, okay, now I understand why people can't stop talking about her. So if you have never seen her on stage, go check her on YouTube. You'll see. You'll get it too. It is now time for you to give us a good rating and a good review on your podcast app. It doesn't take long and it helps the show tremendously. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CircusTalk.com, or wherever you're getting your podcasts. My friends, that is it for today. Let's meet again next week. Until then, take care of yourselves. Enjoy the summer if you're on the summer side of the planet. Toy, 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 and a big merde if you're having shows. And as we say in the circus, see you down the road.